This is episode number 95 of the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, and on today's episode, I talk to Donald Burns, the restaurant coach. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in for episode number 95 of the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Excited for today's guest. Before I get into today's guest, I wanted to talk about the Pizza Phone. Pizza Phone system is a great system. If you've ever had this, and people have emailed me this many, many times, and I just got off the phone the other day talking to someone that this happened to. If you've ever lost phone lines or online ordering in your business, then the Pizza Phone system is for you. It has 100% cell tower backup, which means if there's ever a problem, with your phone line or your internet connection, it automatically backs up to the cell tower, so you'll never lose online sales again due to disruption. They also have great support, 365 days a year, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Great guys over there at pizzaphonesystem.com. Go check that out. Excited for today's guest. His name is Donald Burns. He's known as the restaurant coach, has restaurant branding, restaurant university opening up soon, tons of great information for you on this podcast. We talk a lot about social media, we talk about hiring and then what to look for when you hire someone and not only what to look for when you hire someone, but what to look when you should be looking for people to hire. I think a lot of people make the mistake of looking for people when they need people in more of a desperation setting when you should always be recruiting. It's something that you should do even if you have a full staff and you have nowhere to fit someone, you should be always out there looking for someone to help you build your team and better team players because without the great without a great team you really have no business. Before we get into this episode with Donald Burns, we're working on something here at Smart Pizza Marketing. We're working on a digital marketing platform specific for restaurants and pizzerias. I really believe this is going to be the best platform out there if you're a small restaurant or a pizzeria specifically and you are looking to get better at social media email marketing, and have a better website that actually converts your people who go to your website into email subscribers, and then you can sell them through email. This is going to be the kind of an all-in-one solution for you. And here's the thing. It's going to be zip code exclusive. So if you buy your zip code, you will be the only person in that zip code that will be able to use this system. We're opening it up in about a month from now. This is late October, probably mid-November. But if you want to go... See, and I've already had some people uh, email me about this because I've talked to a few clients, and some zip codes are getting up, getting taken up pretty fast. So if you want to head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip, you can see if your zip code is available. This is really going to be the best solution for you if you're a pizzeria and have one location or multiple locations to encompass all of your digital marketing and digital advertising in one place the website, email marketing, social media marketing, and all of that great stuff. So head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. That's Z-I-P and C if your zip code is available. And if it is, you can reserve it. All right, that's it for us. Let's get into this great episode with Donald Burns, the restaurant coach. Um, so how are you, man? Thanks for uh, joining me on the show. Oh, thanks for having me on. I'm really, I've been looking forward to it. It's been a while, huh? I know. I've been trying to set this up for a long time. I've been following you along for you know, the whole time I think I've been doing this podcast. So it's great to finally get you on the show and chat about business and marketing and, you know, what's going on in the restaurant world. What's going on with you? Right. Oh, yeah. There's a lot going on. <laughs> I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot of brands, a lot of things going on. Let's get into that. How'd you get into the restaurant industry? My father was a chef. So I grew up in the industry. So it actually started, you know, my grandmother had a little diner 
And like some of my early childhood memories are getting up on top of like a milk crate and, you know, cooking eggs at the diner and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, my grandma was quite the entrepreneur. I remember at an early age, it was like a Friday or something like that. And she like, you know, the old fashioned cash register, she takes, she goes over and she opens the register up and she takes the, she takes the paper out and she's like, today's grandma's money. <laughs> I was like, nice grandma. <laughs> Let's just swindle the government. So. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best. <laughs> yeah. And then my dad was a chef, pretty, you know, pretty well-known uh, uh, corporate chef mostly. He did, he worked with mostly hotels and resorts. And he was a big kind of fix-it guy. So if you, ha- you know, he had a restaurant or a property that, you know, had problems. Uh, and then he would, he would be the guy who would go in and fix everything. So we moved around a lot. You know, I kind of had a nomadic lifestyle. I was... You know, born in Texas, grew up a little bit in Santa Fe, a little bit in Ohio, a little bit in Kentucky, a little bit in Illinois, so all so, over the place. So you're that's where you learned your whole fix it restaurant thing from your dad. Yeah, he was a he was a big fix it man. Now, my dad's downside was that, you know, he was really good at the fix it part, but then when there wasn't something to fix, he started creating problems. So he had something to fix. <laughs> which you know, which actually is I see a lot of it nowadays in, in the restaurants I do uh, you know, do consulting and coaching with is sometimes the owner actually is the biggest problem because uh, if things are going good, they, you know, especially with their a new, you know, they like that opening and that, you know, the problem solving kind of thing. If there's no problems, they tend to make some problems. Right. You know? Like there's yeah. different, yeah, there's different kind of restaurant operators. There's people who love the operations part. And then there's people like mm-hmm. you said that like to fix the problems. And if there aren't any, they get, they get a little worried. Yeah. They got to have some, they got to have something to, have some uh, validation. Like there's no problems to fix. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What, so what are some of the problems that they create that they could maybe not do that? And it would be better for them. Uh, you know, sometimes it's just like, they're just like the block. They know that maybe they know there's some people they have to get rid of that they should get rid of that. They know they really down. They have to get rid of, uh, they have to get rid of those people or they just come in and just stir up drama, you know, come in, you know, do the typical yell, scream, throw things at people, you know, acting like the jerk, you know, not because they're that way. They think they have to be that way. Right. You know, a lot of people self-sabotage. That's probably the biggest thing in this industry. And I've seen it a lot. And, you know, I, th- I it think it goes hand in hand. Yeah. The number burnout. one, the number one question that I get asked on a daily basis, <laughs> I'm sure you get the same thing is about employees and hiring and training. And how do you find mm-hmm. good employees? People can't, they don't think that there are good employees out there. They think that there's just a lack of that resource and, it's hard to explain to them that it maybe is them, not necessarily right. lack of employees or they can't find the right person. I mean, it's definitely it, it, one of the things I always say is that you know all rest, restaurant success it doesn't matter what kind of restaurant you are. Eighty percent of it is psychological. Twenty percent is systems and strategy. So in most things, most people focus on um, they focus on the, the you know the basically the systems and the strategy. You know, I got a checklist. I got this and that. I got a system for this. And it's kind of crazy because they don't understand that the 80% of success is actually the psychological part. And it goes right into the example you're talking about where they say there's no good help out there. And when people tell me there's no good help out there, what they're actually telling me is that they have a global belief. And belief systems are probably the biggest thing that hold most restaurants back. And I describe belief systems like this. I could give you a beautiful Ferrari, all right, Bruce? Yep. And, you know, that, that Ferrari go way over 200 miles an hour easily on the highway, okay? 
But if I put a governor on the engine and set it for 65 miles an hour, you're never going to get that thing over 65, no matter how hard you want it to go, you know, how fast you think it can go. And it, it's not going to happen. Right. And so belief, belief systems are kind of like a governor on yourself. They're beliefs that you hold dr- true and dear. And some of this stuff is like old programming that you've gotten since you were a kid. And there's things like global beliefs, like, you know, and let's use the, you know, the, the election, you know, Republicans are or Democrats are. We have beliefs about those. And the thing is that people will, I mean, get crazy about defending their beliefs. I mean, they go to points where they start riots, they, you know, protest, you know, call people names on you know, on social media because we have to, <laughs> we, have, we have to defend our beliefs, right? right? Yeah. So, yeah. So if you have a belief that there are no good people out there to hire, trust me, you will not find good people because you have a belief that's basically limiting you from finding good people. So now, how do we take that governor off? So how do we, you know, maybe you like you said, if you if you grew up in the restaurant business, there's mm-hmm. that there is just that belief ingrained in most people that employees is the hardest thing to, you know, have to find employees and to get good ones is the hardest thing in the restaurant business. How do you take that governor off of the people you work with? Well, you have to change some of your beliefs, and that's where that's where I think you know coaching really comes through. Because you probably have some beliefs you don't know about. And here's my thing I always tell people. If you don't think you have any limiting beliefs, you just found your first one. Because <laughs> everyone has limiting beliefs. Even I have limiting beliefs that I work on all the time. And that's why I have a coach, too, uh, who helps me kind of overcome those things. And uh, so the biggest thing is, like, getting past these things, like, there's no good people out there. And so usually I ask people, do you have anybody on your team that's good? And they go, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, Sarah's really good, and and oh, you know, and you know, Joe in the kitchen, he's really good. I said, well, if you can find one, <laughs> you can find others. Right. So don't don't think that you know, and don't loop people all together. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's what they do. They maybe had a bad experience with one employee, and they found them in a particular area, or they asked them certain questions, and now they just lump that person in with everybody else out there. Yeah, which yeah, is that's it. Which is a bad thing to do. You can't do that just because you you found one bad person on one particular platform doesn't mean every single person on there is no good. You hear that about Craigslist all the time. Uh, Craigslist doesn't work. There's nobody. Every time I get an application from Craigslist, it's junk. Yeah. Well, then my thing is like always like, well, what's your ad look like? Let me see your ad, you know? Yep. And, you know, what's your is your ad putting out the energy and the vibe? And are you looking are you actually searching for a person? Or are you just putting up the regular generic? I need, you know, looking for a line cook, high volume restaurant, must be able to keep your station clean, no slackers. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, most people write ads that are pretty boring and generic. I always say we write ads about the job description when we really should write job ads for the what we're looking for as far as personality. Right. Don't tell me what the job entails. You know, I'm looking for a line cook, must be able to lift 50 pounds, must be able to stand on your feet for five, you know, eight hours at a time. Must have some knife skills. Okay, yeah. Pretty what am basic. I gonna, yeah, basic stuff. Yeah. If you're looking to work in the restaurant industry, I mean, I guess you you right. know that already. You should know that. <laughs> right. But you know, how about we put like we make the ads a little more high energy. Hey, man, I'm looking for I'm looking for some culinary wizards that really want to get into learning about the culinary arts and want to be be masters of their domain and and uh, learn the real you know fantastic tools and techniques that could really build your career. Now I'm advertising for people that are looking for something that they want to build something, you know, for themselves. Right. Not just a job. 
which I think people also make the mistake of looking for employees when they need them rather than oh, constantly yeah. looking. Yeah, that's one of my biggest things. All my clients, I'm always like, always be recruiting, always be recruiting. Right. You need to <laughs> you know? be. You always, that's, that should be part of, part of your strategy. You know, we talk about, you know, system strategy and mindset. Part of your strategy should always be, you should have a solid succession plan. What's my plan for my people on my team? Do I have a growth plan for everybody? Do I have some way for people to improve and, and you know, and basically gain some knowledge? So they have some growth because if people don't grow, they're going to leave. I don't care. Although, you know, or you unless, to, you, unless you give them more money, right? It becomes a raise. Yeah. Thing, not necessarily a but, growth thing. But then, but then also, too, eventually they cap out. I mean, you can't keep giving people more money, more money, more money. You know, I think I'd rather help them improve and then give them, you know, maybe I can, maybe I can send them to a class out at, you know, the CIA out in California, you know, Greystone, you know, for a cook or, Maybe I can get uh, some servers sort of, you know, trained up to be uh, some wine training or some maybe some beer training and have a local vendor come in and do some training to help them, you know, learn a little bit more so they can make more informed decisions at the table when they're making recommendations. I mean, things that make people better. I'm a big believer. I always say restaurants get better when the people in them get better. That's with anything, too. I totally agree with that. With anything, yeah, you know, as long totally as you're learning true. and growing, that's when you really see success happen. It's like... If you're not growing, you're dying. <laughs> right. You're totally right. So where, you know, is there a certain, so once you get past the belief of, you know what, all right, I understand there are good help out there. I did find Sarah. She's great. So there are must more, mm -hmm. there must be more people out there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go advertise. I'm going to change my ad up a little bit. When those people come into my restaurant, what are certain things I should be asking them or certain characteristics I should be looking for? No, I'm, I'm a big believer. You know, yes, some of the standard ones, you know, tell me about your last job and stuff like that. But then... I like to go beyond that, and I like to ask what I call as behavioral-based questions. I want to know about your personality. So, like for cooks, and I'll just give you some examples. Yeah. You know, I'll ask them, you know, about what was the last cookbook you bought. You know, what do you do to stay up to date on trends and stuff like that? What are some of your favorite? Do you read any blogs? Are there any magazines you like to read and stuff like that? You know. And, and I'm looking for somebody who actually like, yeah, you know, I bought, you know, I bought the professional chef from the CIA, you know, and oh, you know, I just bought, you know, a new cookbook about, you know, charcuterie because I'm really in, I'm interested in that. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the kid who's like, well, I watch Top Chef. Like, <laughs> okay. You're right. You know, I watched Chopped and I think I could do better than those guys. Okay. Right. So you're looking, <laughs> so you're looking to weed out the people who are just going from job to job and really want to build yeah. a career. And who don't really, yeah, and don't really look at the job as what, you know, they look at the glory of it, you know, and, and a lot of these guys chase that fame, but it's very fleeting and, you know, it's, it's not lasting. Trust me. I've, I've worked with a lot of, I mean, I used to work for Wolfgang Puck for five years and I, you know, I worked with the, you know, world-class James Beard award-winning chefs. And I find the guys like that, they're not really seeking you know, the fame and the, and the spotlight and they're not, you know, got to get on Food Network. I got to have a TV show. You know, yeah. when, you, when you're really good at what you do, it comes and finds you. You don't need to go find it. Because I know a lot of guys that get on those TV shows and, you know, and there are a lot of flash and stuff like that. And they might be able to cook really great food, but they can't run a team. Right. <laughs> they can't they can't manage your costs and they can't design a pro and then they can't run a profitable menu. So. You know, it doesn't matter how great you are. Someone might invest in you. You might be a flash in the pan and you might be on TV and stuff like that. And you might get some attention, some press. But, man, if you can't back it up long term and make money at your craft, 
then you know th- those investors will soon pull up stakes and leave you high and dry. What do you think separates the the entrepreneurs in the in- restaurant industry that are successful to the ones that aren't successful? I think the biggest thing that separates them is that you got to understand your strengths and your weaknesses yep. and not necessarily work on your weaknesses, hire people that can fill in your weaknesses, focus on what you do best and hire out and, and delegate the other stuff. You know, I quickly learned, um, I had two restaurants of my own and my first one, actually, I, I didn't, you know, I started out, I mean, I knew how to, I was a chef for a while, you know, before that. And I grew up in the business. It's like, eh, you know, restaurant, open a restaurant, easy, you know? Right. Uh, you know, so I opened it up and you know, I just thought it was going to be like, I opened the doors and there'd be a line out the door. People would, you know, flood the place and throw me money because my food was so amazing. And it didn't, it didn't happen like that. In fact, <laughs> it was really bad because I knew how to run a restaurant. I knew how to run a kitchen. I did not know how to build a business. So I had to get, you know, I realized that and I, I basically, I got a mentor and I went out and got some basically training. I went like to small business administration. They have classes and I learned how to build a business. And then once I learned how to build a business, then I had the tools and then I realized what I was really good at. And, you know, and I got that restaurant going pretty good. And then I sold it and opened up a bigger restaurant and I got that one going really, really great. But then I also knew I couldn't do everything. So I hired like general managers. I hired, you know, salespeople to sell events and catering. I hired a bar manager. I hired a, you know, I, I put, you know, people in charge of the floor. I hired a chef because I was good at building the business and I was good at doing the marketing and stuff like that. You know, and even though I knew how to run the restaurant, I put really good people in place and I trusted them to do their job. Right. And that's how, that's how I got really, you know, that's how I got, you know, my second place just really jamming so fast. How do you find out what you are good at and what you need to hire out for? Is there anything that you can look at it yourself or do you need to ask other people for that? I always find, uh, you know, what do I, and easy questions are, you know, what do you like to spend time doing? And when you do it, it's effortless. You know, you know how you kind of get lost. I mean, I like to write and stuff like that. And now, you know, and I find that when I'm doing a blog post or something like that, when I'm running for many of the many blogs I write for, you know, do I get lost in time? Does time seem to just kind of get away from me? That's when you're kind of in the zone. Got it. You know, and, you know, some people will call it flow too, yeah. or in the zone. You know, when you find activities or things that you like to do that it's just effortless, that's your strength. And you should play, you always play to your strengths. And then you know, high, get, getting, yeah. yeah, getting on it, like getting on a spreadsheet and like doing financials. That's not my strength. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely not my strength. Right. <laughs> No, I know what you mean because I, I, I'm the same exact way. Like I, I'm not a huge writer. That's why I do the podcast and we do videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and writing just seems to be – I know that it's something that I should do. It's just I just don't like doing it. So I always procrastinate. Right. But the podcast and the videos and talking to people, I'll do all the time. Yeah. Yeah, play to your strengths. You know, that's that's the thing. Everyone has their niche. Everyone has their – you know, the thing that they're really, really just – you know, like I said, when it's effortless, that's your strength. Right. Now, you do a lot of things with marketing and social media and branding. What are some of the things that you find working when it comes to marketing for your the, the, co- the clients that you work with or the restaurants you work with? Yeah, I have a brand. It's called uh, Restaurant Social Plus. Yeah. And, uh, it, and we, do, we do social media marketing for restaurants, and that's all we do. We don't do any other industry. We just do restaurants only. And uh, one of the key things that we do is, of course – uh, we do a we call it an emotional trigger exercise when clients first start up. 
And so we, we look at emotions because to me, all marketing is about emotions and it's about it's triggering emotions. That's the real key. It's not, and, and most people, when especially restaurants, they play the hunger emotion or the hunger card all the time. And it works for a while if I'm hungry, but you know, you put up your two tacos and a, you know, and a soda for $5.99 for lunch. And if I'm not really in the mood for that, it's not really going to stimulate me, you know? Right. So you want to tap into other emotions, you know, tap into you know, emotions of maybe like, you know, community um, and things like that, or, you know, being local, uh, pride, you know, stuff like that. Those are emotions that you want to tap into. And that's what it's really, you know, that's what it's really, really all about. Plus, if you do that whole taco, two tacos for five ninety nine, then you get yourself into that discounting, couponing thing that people get used to, and then they don't really see the true value of what you offer. Right. Which is, you know, something that what happened to the kind of direct mail. You know, direct mail, you know, many many years ago was the same thing. You'd send out direct mail pieces to get people interested in your product, and then you got them used to just waiting for those discounts to come in. Right. Well, people, you know, after a while, you know, those kind of things happen. And when everyone's doing the same thing, you kind of become inundated with it. And then you kind of like disengage from it, you know? Right. And so like everyone on Facebook is, you know, posting today's special, you know, come on down, everybody else, you know, and then if you're in a market, a pretty big market, I mean, you could have a thousand restaurants doing that at the same time every day. And then people just inundated with it. And they kind of become desensitized, and it's not effective anymore. So you have to think outside the box and come up with some really cool, creative, um, you know, marketing and stuff like that. And I have to say, if you want to really check out a company that I mean is really, really good at doing really off the wall marketing, go to Tumblr and look at Denny's. Really, I'm just telling you. I mean, it is brilliant, brilliant marketing. You know, and to me, right yeah. now, that's like the model that, you know, even my restaurant, Social Plus, we try to emulate that kind of just off the wall, you know, just really, really great, great, great marketing. And that was Denny's on Tumblr. I'll have to link that up in the show notes. I'm going to have to go check yeah, it out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool stuff. It's pretty funny. It's pretty, it's really creative. And I, I don't know who they have behind their team, but man, they're, they're brilliant. And that's, you know, when you think of Denny's, you don't necessarily think of the best restaurant. No, I know. Yeah, they don't, but man, they have a huge following. I mean, if you, and here's my thing. I'm a big believer in modeling. I find someone is getting the results I want. I see how they're doing it. I kind of reverse engineer it. Mm-hmm. And like, mm, okay, hmm, you know, what, what was it about that post that was kind of cool? You know, and how could I, you know, how could I use that kind of philosophy or, you know, kind of thing, style, and apply it to something else? Right. You know, don't, don't mimic or copy it. That's just, you know, that's just wrong, but. You know, maybe take the style of it or, you know, see what they're doing and how you could have a play on words or something like that and, and use their use them as an example. Right. Well, I think, you know, when it comes to social media, I'll, I'll put marketing in quotation marks because it's just really talking mm-hmm. to people online. Um, yeah. if, I think owners, there's no barrier to entrance, really. You can just open a Facebook page and post and they, they, right. they just don't know how to start. So the, the fallback measure for them is just to kind of, all right, let's just put our specials and coupons out there. And they, they think yeah. that that's, you know, marketing on. They think that's marketing, right? Right, just because yeah. they put it on social media and they hit the boost button that it's going to draw the needle, but it really doesn't do anything. And then they then no. they think, ah, oh, it doesn't work for me. Right. Yeah, and then they give up hope because, well, number one, they didn't do it right. So I, every time I have like a, I do a big, I'll do seminars on marketing and stuff like that, especially yeah. social media marketing. And I'll, you know, and I, I've had crowds like, you know, 75, 100 people and, I'll be in the front. I'll be like, all right, I'm going to tell everyone here 
the secret to social media. Everyone get out a piece of paper and a pen, and I want you to write this down. And then, and then I kind of I lean forward really <laughs> close, and I, I get really quiet. I go, all right, the secret to social media is being social. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then they all say, oh. And I was like, it's easy. Most of the time you're going on Facebook, you're putting up stuff all about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all about my, my specials, my features, my stuff. Here, here, this is me, this is me, look at me, look at me. But what about being social? What about putting up, you know, stuff from your guests or maybe finding the followers that like your Facebook page and going to their page and, you know, and maybe liking some of their stuff, moving some of their agenda forward. Um, You know, Twitter really took off for me when I stopped posting and I started retweeting and sharing more other people's content than my own. Right. And, and then it really just turned around. So social media, the whole construct of social media is reciprocity. But most people take the approach of social media as like, I'm going to put about me first. And that it's just kind of backwards. Right. You got to put the you got to put the guests first and other people first, you know, and, and hey, even go in. You got some people in town, some restaurants in town you like, like their stuff. You know, not everyone's in your in your not your niche and genre. You know, if you're a pizza place and there's a taco place down the street you think's really cool. Hey, you know, give them a shout out. Hey, man, you want to go check out Casa Taco? They're like the best place in town. You know, if you're looking for a real great crispy taco, you know? Yeah, that, that's, you, you know? that's a great point. I don't think that too much. They I, they probably see it as competition, even though it's a different genre. Well, today, nowadays, market, everything, even grocery stores are competition. Yeah. You know, Whole Foods is competition. No, you're right. What, uh, what platform do you seem to be seeing the best results on? Um, as far as for restaurants, Instagram gets the most engagement, um, as far as what I see. So the, the three I always recommend Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Instagram gets the most kind of engagement. You can get probably more people liking stuff because it's just an easy format. I see a picture. I hit, I hit the button. It hearts it. I'm right. good. I move on with my life. <laughs> um, Facebook, um, you can get a lot more followers on Facebook usually because people will like, tend to like pages and it's good for doing promos. Um, I would take advantage of Facebook ads and, uh, you know, try to capture, you know, of course we talk about in, in marketing, we talk about, you know, building your list, right. you know, getting email addresses. And I do definitely think if you're not capturing the name and email address of everybody who walks in your restaurant, you're really missing out on a huge platform. And so uh, maybe have something available like a, you know, a, a, some kind of loyalty card or, Maybe you do some promo, like you do a food bingo or something like that online. Uh, you know, you have a card that's available, and you know you can put items on your menu on the on the bingo card. And when people come in and eat, they get a stamp. And when they get bingo, they, there's some kind of prizes available. But you make the card downloadable on Facebook. Yeah. So they have to go on Facebook, give me their email, and then you get the PDF, and you can print it out and bring it into the restaurant. That's a great way to do that. And then Twitter, I find Twitter is where people go because they want conversation. You know, yep. and good conversation. So Twitter is always good. You want to be able to engage and say, hey, thanks so much for the follow. You know, engage with your people on Twitter. So they all have their strengths. And, and you have to use all three. There's a synergy, too. You, you know, I always say social media is like, like TV channels. Some people like ABC. Some people like NBC. Some people like CBS. Right. If you're just, if you're just on one platform, you're only on Facebook, you're missing out on advertising and marketing to two other demographics. So you got to be on all three. 
at least those three. What do you think about Twitter lately? Do you think that that's still moving forward going to be a great place? If someone's just starting today, do you suggest they start on Twitter? Yeah, I think you got to have a Twitter presence. I think you got to start somewhere. I mean, honestly, I started on Twitter quite a few years ago, but I didn't, you know, because I didn't really understand it. Yeah. And then, you know, so I didn't really do much with it. And then I just made a decision one day, a conscious decision, like, I'm going to make Twitter my, you know, my. You can say it. Yeah. You know, my bitch. I'm going to make Twitter my bitch. And then I was like, I just like, I just started going crazy. I started, you know, following more people. I started liking more, you know, I started retweeting a lot more stuff. And then actually, that's that's actually how I got, you know, to write on Foodable, uh, which has been a huge opportunity for me, Foodable TV. Yeah. And now I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a expert columnist for them. Um, and that started with uh, the editor, Paul Barron, basically reached out to me, uh, saw some of my stuff, and he had his editor, uh, had his his people reach out to me on Twitter saying, hey, Paul really likes the stuff you're putting out. He'd wonder if you'd like to write for us. And that was a couple years ago, and it's been it's been a huge, huge thing for me and for my company, and it's been a great relationship. You know, now it's like I'm part of the Foodable family, which is really cool. So. Yeah, I think Twitter is a great place. That's a great story, by the way, and I think that's something that people can take away is uh, use Twitter as a way to reach out to people. I think it's still one of the better mm-hmm. platforms to start a conversation with someone that maybe you would never have access to other unless right. you're on Twitter. Right, and the people who like Twitter, I, I tend to find they're a little more. I mean, I mean, you only get 140 characters, so the people there, I always like it because it makes me think of how's the most concise way to say my message. And I love Twitter. I, I use a Twitter exercise when I'm working with clients too, because especially about branding, I say, I want you to describe your restaurant to me as a tweet. You got 140 characters. I want you to describe your restaurant to me as a tweet. Cause here's my thing. If you can't describe your restaurant to me as a tweet, you really don't have a solid brand yet. Right. You know, that's a great exercise. Cause sometimes people tend to go on and on and on. Oh yeah. I was like, so tell me about your restaurant. Oh well, you know we're gonna have uh, it's gonna be you know, we have a wood grill and and then oh, we're have pizzas too. But then I'm gonna have a, I'm a stage over here and then we have live bands on Friday and Saturdays. And it might be country bluegrass. Oh, oh, oh then but we're gonna also oh we have really great burgers too. And then I'm gonna have a full bar. I'm gonna have a uh, 200 beers on tap and like okay, you lost me already. Yeah, so. even, yeah, that's too much, too much, too much. I you gotta stay focused know. a little bit. Yeah, you know. Um, I I was a big Twitter user. I've kind of not. Here's the thing. I find. Twitter's great. Like I use Twitter a lot. I love Twitter myself, but it's hard to get people who are new. And I find a lot of people reaching out to me are still not even really started with social media, which in and of itself is kind of crazy if you have a business nowadays and you're not using social media at all. Um, And then to get them to kind of focus on Twitter and realize that because you have to use it more than you would Facebook. You can kind of post on Facebook or Instagram once a day and that's enough. But Twitter seems to be you got to be there a lot. Oh yeah, no, yeah. It, it takes a little work. Um, there's great tools for that too, and if you use Twitter smart, I mean, I you know I use it for. I mean, I use Hootsuite, uh, which is a social media management tool. I love Hootsuite. And, you know, yeah, and create list. So have some list. You know, a lot of people think, oh man, just Twitter's just so crazy. Yeah. If you have some list and like people you follow and you put them on a list, like I have a list, you know, restaurant leaders. And so then I can just go to Hootsuite and just check out my list and see what the tweets are. And I can go back through and retweet the stuff I like from the people that follow me and, you know, and, and do my part of being engaged and being social 
and not just posting my stuff, but helping move other people's agenda forward. So it's a great tool for doing that. And lists are like the super easy way to manage your manage your Twitter feed. So right, and lists are uh, just describe lists in case anybody's listening and doesn't really know what that is. Yeah, so a list you can just make a list of like it maybe it's like. Uh, chefs I admire. So you go up in the corner, you hit you hit list, you say start a list, and I just put chefs I admire, and I just start following some chefs. You know, I can put you know, Tommy, Thomas Keller, Wolfgang Puck, guys like that. You know, people Michael Mina, and I start having a list now of people I follow. So now, when my Twitter stuff comes up, I don't have this huge you know Twitter page of like twenty you know thousand tweets right. that I have to sort through. I can just go to my list. And see what people tweeted that are on my list, and like, oh, Michael Mina tweeted a new thing that looks kind of cool. I retweet, heart it, you know, it looks good. So it's you know, a make great, a comment. Yeah, I think it's a great place to. So it's a good place to curate content if you're looking to easily yes. kind of find content that you want to either you know repurpose for your own stuff or gives you some ideas of what maybe you should be doing for your restaurant. You go follow other restaurants or other places, and because uh, once you follow, I'd say over a hundred people on Twitter, it gets really noisy. Yeah, it, no, yeah, it gets it gets a little crazy. So lists are a great a way to organize that. Maybe stick to your list of ten or twenty people on a list at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, maybe it's just like maybe, especially if you're a restaurant, maybe you have a uh, local farms or local uh, local vendors you follow. Maybe you got a couple different farms that you like to buy from or you're interested in. You know, so you have like a list for that. You maybe have a list of uh, local charities that you like too. So you have a list for that, so you can retweet their stuff. People love people that love charities. You know, people love, I, I always say people love to have uh, associations with a good charity. And I always say pick one that you love and then really get behind it and support it. That's a great way to get involved with your community. Right. Is to really, you know, back with the people who live in your community and find a charity in your in your community that you can really stand behind and support them 100%. Yeah, that's great. Because a lot of, you know, when you own a restaurant, I'm sure you get asked on a daily basis for donations oh, every day and, you know so you got to really yeah. focus your energies to one specific mm-hmm. spot that's a great point what do you see yeah. coming up for the restaurant industry in the future where do you think it's going what do you think marketing wise people can kind of keep their eye on for the future uh for the restaurants they know you work you consult you do speaking gigs you're all over the place when it comes to marketing for restaurants and in the business what do you see coming up in the future um i actually see uh, the independents making a big uh, comeback um uh, smaller chains uh, local chains, I see a lot more. I'm getting a lot more requests to work with small local, what I call emerging chains. And these are restaurant groups that are, you know, hometown, uh, maybe have four or five concepts in their town. And they're basically just dominating their market. Um, I see I see actually, you know, the big, big, huge mega chains are, uh, are I think, are in trouble. Uh, some of the bigger ones, you know, we just didn't, uh, there was a big one that just, had a bunch of closures and stuff like that. Yeah, I think a I just, burger place. Oh, was there? I just read an article too about online ordering. Do you work with a lot of places that do online ordering for restaurants? Um, no, not well. I do some. Uh, you know, some of the pizza places and stuff like that. Pizza chains, I do. Right. I think online online ordering is huge. Um, uh, home meal replacement is another thing, or or what they call meal kits are another thing. So meal kits are like you'll see this up upcoming stuff like you know Blue Apron, where you can order a meal and they'll ship it to your house yeah. and then you get to cook it at home yourself. And that's going to be huge. There's a lot. There's a big rise for that because I think we had a big huge disconnect between, um, you know, parents teaching you know passing down cooking yeah. as a skill to their younger people. So but now people feel like they're missing that portion of their life. So now the millennials and 
people in their 30s and you know 20s and 30s are trying to get back into that. So that's a big thing. So restaurants can take advantage of that by offering um, some really maybe doing uh, you know cooking classes. You know, come down and learn how to learn how to make a pizza. Learn how to you know throw together some pastas. You know, how to make a really good sauce and stuff like that. And you could do it a couple ways. You could market it as come on down, have the class, and you could take the food home with you. Right. That you make. You know, and you could package it. You know, food for four kind of thing. It's either four meals for a single person or for a family of four. That's a great you know, idea. And you teach them how to do it. You know, and that's a fun way to get down and get people involved and show them your place, let them behind the scenes. People always love that behind the scenes stuff. That's yes. why those, you know, those reality cooking shows are so great because people like to see what really goes on behind the kitchen doors. Right. It's like when you watch videos online, you're always kind of looking if it's a, especially if it's a video of somebody, <laughs> you're always kind of looking behind them. What's what's behind them? What's going on in their what's house? Time? What's going on in their what's, office? What's yeah, that's why those shows are popular. <laughs> that's what I do, at least. I'm not sure if anybody else out there yeah, does that. No, I do too. Right. No, I do too. All right, so I'm not alone. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm not. A, I'm not. A no, queen. you're not. You're All not. Right. No, no, we're both. We're both kind of stalkers. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, all right, Donald. I don't want to take too much of your time out, man. Thanks oh, for coming thank on the show. So it was great. Where can thank people? You, thank you, Bruce. Where can people find you? Go check you out online. Uh, you can go to my website. It's a www.donaldburns.net, and I am there. And that's probably the best place because there's links to my other brands and uh, other websites there too. And then I have a new online uh, training center coming online. Uh, we're launching that end of November. Uh, that's going to be uh, uh, restaurantcoachuniversity.com. And if you're a chef and you want to do some branding, uh, Chris Hill, who's another fantastic guy and a great uh, speaker and author, him and I uh, formed a partnership, and we have a company that's called uh, Chef Branding Academy, and we're relaunching it. Kind of, uh, we we launched it last year, and we got some really, really good feedback about the length of the courses. We wanted people to kind of, uh, you know, make the courses a little smaller. So uh, we're relaunching it as a 2.0 version, end of November, and that's ChefBrandingAcademy.com. So. Check them all out. I'll link those up in the show notes too. Yeah, Chris Hill's a great guy. I've had him on the show in the past. He's a great, yeah, talk, he's great awesome. guy to talk to. Yeah. Um, all right, Donald, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you thank coming you so on. Much, that was Bruce. awesome. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. You have a great day. You too, man. I'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, man. Okay. All right. All right, all right ciao. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Really couldn't have the show or do anything that we do over here at the SPM show without you guys listening. So I just want to say thank you. And I really appreciate you listening and taking the time out of your day to join us for this episode. I wanted to, again, thank Donald for coming on, sharing some great information. If you want the show notes for this episode, everything that Donald mentioned will be over at smartpizzamarketing.com. And again, if you want to get the best digital platform, website, email marketing, digital marketing, specifically for pizzerias, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip and see if your zip code is available. And if it is, I suggest you reserve it immediately because they are going really fast. I just talked to a few people about this the other day and their zip codes are already gone. So smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. And I just want to say thanks to the sponsor for this episode is Granberry Solutions and they have Thrive POS designs specifically for pizza and customized for your business. You know, the question I get often is, how do I find help? Which I think we tried to cover in this episode. And then what point of sale system should I use? And I've teamed up with Granberry Solutions. Their Thrive software is great for pizzerias. It's got a 
tablet-based system. It's more than just an app. It's designed specifically for the pizza and delivery industry. It's fast, easy online ordering, customized menu, fully integrated to your business building tools such as online, mobile ordering, loyalty marketing, and enterprise reporting. And it's available on the iPad and Android tablets. You can head over to granberrysolutions.com and get more information from them. But that's the POS system that I'm starting to suggest from now on. So if anybody asks me that question in the future, I'm just going to point them to Granberry Solutions. So thanks to those guys for helping out the show. All right, guys, that's going to do it. If you're listening to this when it comes out, don't forget to join us on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. for our live show where we interview some great restaurateurs and marketing experts. And we're actually going to be coming up with a new show where it's going to be more of a, a live I don't want to say live demo show, but we're going to be going deep into tactics and giving you some real life examples of what's working with Facebook, Instagram, email, Snapchat. We're going to give you some live examples. Uh, We're working on that behind the scenes over here at SPM, but that's going to be coming out in the next few weeks. It's probably going to be on like a, maybe do during the day. Shoot me an email, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. I want to know what time is best for you to join us live would it be in the mornings on Mondays maybe or on Saturday mornings or Saturday nights or I know Friday nights and the weekends are tough we're in the restaurant business but we do a show on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. and I get a lot of emails from people saying that they're working so maybe the morning time would be better Uh, so shoot me an email bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com and let me know if the morning time would be better for you or the night time would be better for you to come join us for our new live show that's going to be coming up in the next few weeks all right thank you so much again for listening I really appreciate you guys I love hearing from you. If you have any questions, you can shoot me an email. But that's it for today's show. We'll see you.